Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today at the show, it's the post-game pod from an exciting Timberwolves win over the Milwaukee Bucks, a blowout win on the road. We'll talk about really a near-perfect offensive performance for Minnesota. They were firing on all cylinders, attacking Milwaukee's weak spots in their defense. And similarly, or I guess the reverse of that, on the defensive end, they had a great plan for Giannis Antetokounmpo that they executed to a T. We'll break the whole thing down on the show today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And uh, the Timberwolves, man, it's a victory Friday. The Wolves dominated the Milwaukee Bucks. Albeit a slightly shorthanded Bucks team, but still a nice bounce back after Tuesday's debacle. Uh, they they handled the Bucks with ease on Thursday. This is the post game pod. We'll talk all about it here today. A big thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports. Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Real quick before we get to Wolves Bucks, I want to mention that Monday's show we're going to have one of the hosts, there's co-hosts, one of the guys from Lockdown Wizards will be on the show to talk about Monte Morris, what he brings to the Wolves. Of course, Morris coming over from Detroit, but he only played eight games for the Pistons this year and started 64, 65 games, something like that, with Washington last year. So, well, one of those guys on on Monday's show, that'll be the majority of the show Monday, we'll preview Monday night's game against the Clippers, but spend a lot of the show just asking some questions that I'll, I'll ask of them um, about Monte Morris, what he brings to the table, like what it was like covering him in Washington. So we'll talk about that on Monday. Of course, uh, Morris not available Thursday, was in Minneapolis. The trade still actually wasn't official by the time the game had started. Um, so the Wolves are a little bit shorthanded. Jordan McLaughlin was added to the injury report, uh, and he ended up not playing. He was questionable, and uh, the Wolves the Wolves were without um, a true backup point guard. Not, I mean, I guess Station Nick's dressed, but like he hasn't played rotation minutes all year. And uh, it, it was, you know, had this game been close, we could have pointed to that as something that you know the Wolves weren't prepared for with their lack of guard depth. But it wasn't close. The Wolves put this thing away relatively early, and I, and. I should say they putting it away is also relative, right? Because of the way that that things happened on Tuesday of this week and how things have happened of late for the Wolves last few weeks. Minnesota was actually only up four at the end of the first quarter, and they were only up ten at halftime. But they outscored Milwaukee by seventeen in the third quarter, so this thing was basically over mid late third quarter. But they still really dominated, even though it was only a ten point lead at halftime. There was a clear, like Minnesota played extremely well in the first half. Um, in fact, I would argue they played, I mean, a little better than the Bulls game on Tuesday, I guess. But like the first half of the Bulls game, like uh, people were saying like, this is one of the best half schools have played all year. You could say the same thing about this first half against Milwaukee. Um, on the offensive end, well, actually, let's start on the defensive end. The Wolves had to have a plan against Giannis that involved not letting him get into the paint. And this isn't unique to the Wolves, but don't let him get in the paint. Um, use your fouls if you have to, because he's a, a sub 70% free throw shooter and he leads the league in free throws per game. Like, of course he's going to shoot. He shoots what over 11 a game on average, 
but you'd rather do that. And I had said on on the Minnesota basketball party on Wednesday and a little bit actually on, on this show on Thursday, I thought the Wolves might throw Kyle Anderson at him. I almost brought up Josh Minot on the show yesterday, and I should have. I didn't. He actually ended up only playing one minute of non-garbage time in this game. But it was the first minute of non-garbage time uh, clock that Minot's gotten all season long. I- I'm almost 100% sure of that. So I should have said it. I didn't. So I don't get credit for that. I get it. But um, I, 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 the reason I did is I didn't think Finch would throw Minot to the Wolves, so to speak after having not played meaningful minutes all year at the NBA level and then be like, ah, go guard Giannis. They did it for a possession where they put him out there and he did actually ran Brooke Lopez off the line, did a really good job. Lopez made a tough shot over Minot. But um, all that to say, the Wolves plan against Giannis was, hey, don't let him get into the paint. Try and make him shoot jumpers. Foul him if you have to. Use your fouls. Throw bodies at him, etc. The Wolves did a really good job doing that. And Giannis, actually, I thought he mostly made good reads, as he tends to do. And the Bucks just didn't hit their open threes. Like early in the game, the, the basically the whole reason it was close was Jay Crowder knocked down, I think, his first three threes. He ended up going four for five on threes. He had his season high before halftime. He had 16 points at the half, which was a season high for a full game for him. Okay. I mean, that's why the Bucks were within a couple of possessions at the end of the first quarter. The Wolves did a relatively good job rotating out to shooters when Giannis tried to collapse the defense, but Jay Crowder hit his shots. Now, Malik Beasley didn't. And that was another that was one of the reasons the Wolves continued to pull away is, I mean, Beasley had a few open looks. And then after he missed those, he started to try and force things. There were a couple of the Wolves even just kind of stunted at him and didn't even really get all the way out to contest. And he was 0 of 9 on threes. But when he was in a Wolves uniform, we saw him kind of press to, to, to beat the Nuggets at the time. It was the Nuggets, you know, his only ex team that he was trying to stick it to. And he did have a couple of big games against Denver when he was in a Wolves uniform. But um, you could always tell he played a little bit differently in those games. And in this game, that hurt the Bucs and helped the Wolves. He was 1 of 13 shooting, 0 of 9 outside the arc, Beasley was. But early, it was Jay Crowder knocking down some threes. It was, uh, I think, Brooke Lopez hit at least one early in the game. Um, it was just activity of the Bucs that kind of kept them in it. And um, the Wolves' offense never had any problems the entire game. They scored... Uh, 30 or more in each of the th- first three quarters. They only scored 27 in the fourth, but obviously that was mostly garbage time. Um, so a really strong offensive game for Minnesota. Executing the game plan and Giannis was number one, but they still gave up 26 first quarter points. So they had to score on their own. And it started with the pick and roll game. But really, it I mean, that was the key for the entire game. The Bucks play pretty exclusively drop coverage, um, which is, of course, uh, part of the, the crux of the... Um, I don't want to say controversy, but the, the coaching situation in Milwaukee, right? Like Budenholzer played a more aggressive defense, or excuse me, played uh, a little a lot more drop with Brooke Lopez. Um, Adrian Griffin came in, wanted to play more aggressive defense. Didn't necessarily work for Milwaukee, um, and he gets fired after, you know, they're number one in the East or number two in the East, I guess, when he got fired. They bring in Doc Rivers, and they go back to running, running drop. And uh, by the way, Griffin's defense wasn't working. I mean, the Bucks were good, but they were middle of the pack. Like currently coming into this game, they were 19th in defensive rating at basketball reference, but they were middle of the pack all season. They go back to play and drop and the Wolves, instead of settling, which I was a little bit worried about that they would, you know, they got guys like, Ant. I mean, it's primarily Ant, but Ant to a lesser extent, Kyle Anderson, like some of these guys who'd be ball handling in pick and roll situations, just pulling up from mid range, 18 feet and shooting jumpers, which yeah, Ant's an okay mid range jump shooter. He's improved. 
But that's, you know, when you get downhill and you're Anthony Edwards, and I used to say this the last couple of years about him, is the most dangerous play, the, the, the best thing the Wolves could do is run dribble handoffs, get an Ant downhill. And until, I would say, the latter part of last year when Ant got much better decision-making with the ball in his hands, down, getting him downhill and, and dribble handoff was the best solution because there was just less time to think. It was get the ball and go, you know, essentially dive with the ball to the rim instead of, you know, have a couple of hesitation dribbles, you know, consider shooting a three. Am I passing? Am I driving and kicking? And when you're coming off a dribble handoff, a lot of times you're just, you're getting downhill immediately. And I was a little bit worried in this game that, Ant, you know, now that he's, he kind of surveys the floor a little bit more. He takes his time. He's more confident, just playing in isolation. I was worried that he would kind of keep the ball on a string in this game and not, and, you know, not probe. I was worried that he would settle for mid-range jumpers, but he attacked the drop pick and roll coverage, tried to get into the paint, and then was actually making the right reads in terms of passing the basketball, um, you know, whether it's dumps, dump offs to Rudy or kicking the ball back out. I thought that the Wolves were aggressive going toward the rim. And while they only shot 16 free throws in this game, I thought it was an extremely well-officiated game, by the way. Each team only shot 16 free throws. There weren't a crazy number of foul calls. Um, but the Wolves... They, I think probing is the right word. They did a good job of probing against against drop coverage, and they ate it alive. They were getting dunks. They were getting lobs. They were getting pocket passes. They were getting kickouts. Rudy was making the right reads when he got passes in the paint. There were a couple. There was one, actually, I think it was early fourth quarter, where Rudy had the ball deep and just swung it to Nas, who attacked a sloppy closeout and got a layup. I mean, it was, it was a passing clinic by Minnesota, and it's not something we've seen a whole lot of, at least lately, for Minnesota. I... I I want to hit this now before I, I I miss it somehow. Conley and Edwards combined for 18 assists in this game and just one single turnover. And it was like a bad Conley. Uh, I, I remember which one it was. It was first half. Conley tried to, um, he like faked a, uh, a pass to Rudy down low and somebody was cutting from the corner was going to, was going to cut baseline. And he like missed that there was a defender that was standing right there. And it was just a bad pass. But that's the only turnover they had the entire game from their back, their starting backcourt. Conley and Edwards combined for 18 assists and one turnover. If you want to add Nikhil Alexander-Walker in there, the three of them combined for 22 assists and two turnovers. It was an impeccable offensive performance. I want to hit a couple more things related to that. We'll talk about the shooting display the Wolves put on, um, and then we'll talk uh, a little bit bigger picture about the game. We'll also do studs and duds. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm going to pick out Osair Thompson. Um was a really intelligent pickup. I, I'll actually, I'll take some credit here. I picked him up. Um, actually, maybe not. I think maybe Josh mentioned, I did pick him up, but I think Josh mentioned him last week. So that may be why I did it. But I anticipated the Pistons overhauling their roster. Um, and that's exactly what they did. The Pistons overhauled their roster. And uh, sure enough, Buddy Williams put Thompson back into a larger role. Uh, he's a little dinged up this week, but he is a great ad. I added him last week to my fantasy team, and it's already paying dividends. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Uh, my first car was a 95 Mercury Tracer. 
And in hindsight, I should have taken a little bit better care of it. If eBay Motors had existed at the time, I definitely would have and should have used it. Um, just to keep it running, keep it looking nice. Um, I, you know, I was late high school, early college, so I maybe didn't really know what I was doing. But nowadays, obviously taking care of my vehicles, when I need something, I'm going to go to ebaymotors.com. And I only wish I had known that at the time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, a couple other takeaways from this one. I talked about the pick and roll game being strong. I talked about not selling for mid-range, driving and kicking, which led to a fantastic shooting display from Minnesota. The Wolves shot 21 of 41 from three-point range, 51.2% from deep for Minnesota. Overall, for the game, from the field, over 55%. But a 51% shooting night from three. They shot the ball extremely well from three against the Bulls on Tuesday as well. Like, all season long, Minnesota's been a good three-point shooting team, except for, like, really, really early. But basically, since, like, mid-November, the Wolves have been pretty lights out from three. My gripe has been with their lack of attempts, right? Coming into this game, they were 19th in attempt rate, 24th in three-point attempts per game because of the pace that they play at. But they're third in percentage coming into this game. And we talk about the Wolves needed to add shooting. Um, This is where the conversation about adding volume shooting prior to the deadline comes from. Because like if if you're just watching the Wolves and you see, you know, Kyle Anderson not shoot a three that he should be taking, of course, you know, there's gonna be someone that has a reaction like, ah, oh, the Wolves need shooting. They're third in the league at three point shooting. They've got four rotation guys, three and a half if you include Jordan McLaughlin as a half, shooting over forty percent for three. Cats uh coming into this game almost forty four percent. Conley's over forty three percent, Nas is forty one percent, Anthony Edwards coming into this game thirty nine percent from three, and he went Four of 11 in this game, so that's not going to move very much. Um, Like, actually, you could cut it off there. You could say they've got four rotation guys plus Jordan McLaughlin, all at 39% or better. The volume just needs to increase a little bit. And I guess that's where some of the conversation about, like, an Alec Burks came from prior to the deadline. Of course, he got moved elsewhere. Um, But, like, Monte Morris is a really... uh, We talked about this on yesterday's show. We'll talk about it more on Monday. But he fits this... He's got more of a track record. I know McLaughlin's shooting 40% this year, but obviously he was 30% last year. He's lower volume. Um, There's a lot of things Monte Morris does uh, better and has done for a longer time with higher consistency at a higher level than McLaughlin, and shooting threes is one of them. Um, He's going to fit right in in that regard. Um, This is fun. The Timberwolves lineup in the second quarter. I, uh, I went back and looked at this. When they went with the three-center lineup with Nas at the three, really, Cat at the four, and Rudy at the five, they played together for, let's see, Cat came in at the 8-16 mark, and I think it was the 4-55 mark when Rudy left the game. So they played together for three minutes and 20 seconds. They outscored the Bucks 9-1 to 
the three center lineup did. Nine to one. Uh, at one point, that lineup, um, it was crazy. I was piecing this back together uh, with the play-by-play after the game in terms of the lineup. I had it in my notes what the timing was, but then I was looking at this. I was like, for a, for just a minute, they had Nikhil Alexander-Walker at the one, Jaden McDaniels at the two, Kat, Nas, and Rudy in the front court. That's a massive lineup. And even you take Alexander Walker out, you put Conley in, and then Ant came in too. I think Ant actually came in for Conley. So you had Ant, Jaden, and then Jaden picked up his third foul. So then he went out and, you know, it was a little bit more of a... Actually, no, slow-mo came in at that point. So then, like, no matter how you slice it, Conley wasn't on the floor. McLaughlin didn't play in this game, right? So you're talking exclusively guys that are like 6'5 and taller, right? Uh, just insane, the amount of size that this team has. And Monte Morris obviously isn't big. He's a little bigger than McLaughlin. Um, And you lose Troy Brown Jr., which is, by the way, something else, maybe we'll talk about this here um, next week. But with no Troy Brown Jr., like, there, there is a slow, like, they've got two open roster spots. We talked about this on Thursday. They have to add somebody in the next two weeks by the rules. You can't have less, you can't have 13 guys or less for more than 14 days consecutively. Um, So they'll add somebody else, and it's got to be a wing type, but without Troy Brown Jr., is there a chance we see some Josh Minot run here given, you know, they've got a back-to-back next week, Monday, Tuesday. Like, if they don't sign somebody by then, is there a chance we see some Minot minutes in that, like, 11th man role, 10th man role uh, that Troy Brown was in for much of the first part of the season? I think it's a possibility. Um, And I'd love to see a little bit more Josh Minot. All right. Uh, My overall takeaways, I talked about the clean game on offense. I only mentioned the lack of turnovers in terms of the backcourt, but overall, as a team, Minnesota only turned the rock over eight times in this game compared to 34 assists. And three of them were Kyle Anderson. Actually, Kyle Anderson played fairly well, but he turned it over three times. The rest of the team combined only turned it over five times. A couple of their turnovers came in what was effectively garbage time, too. So you could say before the fourth quarter, they only had five turnovers. Non-Kyle Anderson turnovers, they only had five now, Milwaukee came into the game 30th in the league in forcing turnovers defensively, and I, you know, it was one of, one of the reasons why I actually don't hate this matchup for Minnesota is because Milwaukee doesn't, they're not aggressive in jumping passing lanes. They're not ultra-athletic out of outside of a couple guys. Like, they're not, um, normally they have Dame Lillard in the backcourt. He's not, he's not stopping anybody. Um, Milwaukee doesn't force turnovers. The Wolves turn it over a ton. Something had to give. I was a bit dubious just because of how things unraveled Tuesday and, and have so often over the past couple of weeks. But early in the season, Minnesota wasn't turning it over at the clip they have over the past couple of months, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't nearly this bad. So they've got it in them to avoid turnovers. And as we've said all along, and as Chris Finch has said all the time, if this team doesn't turn the ball over, I mean, come on. Coming into this game, Minnesota was top 10 in effective field goal percentage offensively. Top 10 in free throw rate, top three in three-point percentage. This team can score the basketball. They can get to the line. They can make threes. They can score in the paint. They can actually, they don't offensive rebound a ton, but they can offensive rebound. Um, The only problem is they turn it over on coming into the game almost 14% of their possessions, which is just nuts. This is exhibit, I don't know, exhibit H-I-J-K, something like that. In proving that the Wolves can be dominant offensively if they just don't turn it over and don't make silly mistakes. For for Edwards to go for nine assists and no turnovers is so refreshing. So, so refreshing. 
Talked about their defensive game plan already, but the fact that they executed it to a T was nice to see. I mean, Milwaukee ended up shooting 49% from the field, but it's because, what's his name? A.J. Green went nuts in the fourth quarter. That's really what happened here. I mean, they ended up shooting 42 but Like, this is the sort of thing that kills your effective field goal percentage. It's so hard to, to keep it down. It's also why I like to use cleaning the glass because it's going to take out all the garbage time stuff. Um, but I, the Wolves played a good defensive game. I mean, they gave up 105 points to the Bucs. Um, you know, with Giannis, I know no Chris Middleton. Um, I know no Dame Lillard. I get it. They were still a fourth, fourth at offensive rating coming into this game. And Giannis gets the line a ton. Minnesota held Giannis to 17 points on 14 shots. They held Giannis to three turnovers or they forced him into three turnovers and they held the Bucks to 105 points and, and came away with an easy win. All right, let's close by doing individual studs and duds. We'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Do you ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower, and up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, individual studs and duds in this one. Uh, We talked a lot about Ant already. He obviously gets a stud. Um, He was efficient enough offensively. He only got to the line six times. Four of 11 on threes. For the most part, I thought his shot selection was pretty good in this game. Uh, I think it was more just his decision-making overall was so strong. Nine assists to zero turnovers for Ant. Uh, Nine of 20 shooting, four of 11 outside the arc, four of six at the line. We talked about this right at the top of the show, but I thought his decision-making and pick-and-roll game was pretty impeccable in this game. I don't think he forced a whole lot. There were a couple. There was one... um, like pocket pass that he just dropped off to Rudy. That was phenomenal. I think it was an and one or maybe Rudy got fouled. Uh, like the occasional touch that it can show on his passing is really impressive. Um, and he had a couple of just nasty uh, mid range jumpers. He had one really impressive three pointer. Like this was just kind of a, a, a solid, strong middle of the road ant performance. And, you know, there's a handful of these. It feels like there's one every couple of weeks where I'm like, hey, if he could just do this every night, this is superstar Ant. This is all NBA level Ant. And this is a Wolves team that scored 129 points on 55% shooting in large part because of how Ant manipulated the defense. 26 on 20 shots, nine assists, no turnovers, four made threes, six free throw attempts. Pretty nice line. I think we'll take that every single night from Anthony Edwards. Mike Conley is my second stud in this game. Mike was also phenomenal. 18 points on six of eight shooting, six of seven on threes. He attempted one non-three-pointer in this game. And he had a a couple rough shooting nights here recently. So it was really good to see him get as hot as he did in this game. I rattled off the Timberwolves' best shooters um, here a minute ago. And I don't think he was, I don't think he's over 40% anymore. Oh no, he still is. Yeah, he was one of the ones I met. He's at, he was at 
40 over 43% coming into this game. And then he hauls off and goes six for seven. He looked unbelievably confident. I think he made his first six, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he just kind of missed. It wasn't quite a heat check, but it was like towards the end of the shot clock. Like, I'm just going to toss this up towards the end of the game. He was phenomenal. Nine assists, one turnover, five boards in this game for Conley, which is also a nice number for him. I mean, to have Mike Conley go for 18, nine and five, you need Mike, like, you need to try and get him some rest here like in the coming weeks. Um, maybe it's the back-to-back next week. Monte Morris obviously can't play heavy minutes yet either. Still coming back, getting his conditioning after missing 50-plus games this year with the quadriceps injury in Detroit. But like, you can't let Mike break down. He's so important to this team, and he was so, so good in this game. My third stud is Rudy Gobert. I think he really controlled the paint. You can make an argument for Cap, but I'm going to go with Rudy. Rudy had 16 and 11, plus four assists and no turnovers in this game. The four assists for Rudy is a nice number. Eight of nine shooting. He did miss his only free throw attempt on an and one uh, opportunity, but he controlled the paint. There were a couple of possessions where he just, Giannis ran into him. It was like he ran into a brick wall. I think it was almost consecutive possessions early in the game where Rudy just shut him down. And there was one early in the second half where Rudy just shut him down. Um, very impressive Rudy performance on both ends, 16, 11 and four, no blocks, but still a dominant paint performance when it was all said and done. Like that's, that was, that stuck out to me. The block number matters very little to me. Um, Minnesota ended up winning points of the paint by eight in this game, 46 to 38, uh, which was big. And, you know, if you can hold the bucks to 38 points in the paint and 11 points, the free throw line, you're going to beat them. And and a lot a lot of that is is Giannis right, and then obviously not having Dame, who does a lot of his scoring at this point from outside the arc, but still um, holding Giannis to seventeen and fourteen shots is huge. I don't have any duds in this game. I should point out uh, McDaniel's left the game. He he got in a little bit of foul trouble in the second quarter, left early second half with what the team I believe called a, a sprained index finger, um, so a hand injury for McDaniel's. Uh, I mean, they don't play again until Monday. It's the rare three days off in a row. So hopefully he's good to go by Monday. Um, we also saw Nas Reed tweak something in the first half, but he played in the second half. And then Ant had ice on his knee, it looked like, on the bench. Uh, and then he played down the stretch. So we're getting to that point in the year. Everybody's dinged up. And you got three days off and then a back-to-back and then one other game. So three total games between now and the All-Star break with the back-to-back mixed in there. So a lot of rest up coming for these guys, thankfully. Um, I should mention garbage time real quick. The Wolves did play three minutes of garbage time at the end and uh, four minutes of garbage time. And when Elmore Jr. got into the game, Luca Garza, Dacian Nix, Leonard Miller, and Josh Minot, everybody looked good. Minot had a really nice move to the rim and uh, scored on a tough kind of twisting floater uh, scoop shot from the paint. And then he knocked down a nice catch-and-shoot three, a nice pass from the left baseline, uh, really kind of like down near the dunker spot from Knicks, cross to the other opposite slot. And the Minot catch-and-shoot looked pretty comfortable. Um, the release still isn't very quick, but it looked comfortable, um, which is really nice to see. I, I have been a Minot guy since they drafted him, and I really thought there'd be a chance he'd get some minutes at this point. You know, I don't think he ends up with a role by the time this thing gets to the playoffs, but I don't know, like you're probably going to bring in a vet here for one of those empty spots, but try and get mine at some minutes here and there. I, I think they also need to know, I know that this year's the priority, obviously, but they need to know, could Josh Minot be a piece next year? Do they need to factor that into their offseason plans um, that they, whether or not they think he's ready? 
Um, now, they were wrong about Jalen Noel when they thought he was ready a couple years ago. That was a little bit different because Noel had played most of a season, obviously a different role, but had played, had come on that year, the year they lost to the playoffs to Memphis, and there was reason to believe like, hey, this guy could be a legit six man, and then he fell off. Minot hasn't gotten the opportunity to show that consistently, and I think uh, it'd be fun to see him play a little bit more, but he looked good in, in uh, uh, garbage time. Wendell Moore looked a bit shaky as he has, unfortunately. I was a little surprised he didn't get moved ultimately at the deadline. Daisha Nix uh, was fine. Um, Garza didn't touch the ball, I don't think, other than grabbing a board. Uh, Kyle Anderson, I mentioned, played well in this game. Eight points, six assists, five rebounds. He also had a couple of steals. He did have three turnovers, but he looked good. He made three shots in the paint, and I thought it looked fairly comfortable overall. So a nice game from uh, from uh, Kyle Anderson as well. All right, that's all I have for you today. I mentioned um, no shows this weekend. There's no games this weekend. The Wolves don't play again until Monday night. So Monday's show, I'll have somebody from Lockdown Wizards on the show. We're going to talk day, uh, not Dacian next. Man, we're going to talk Monte Morris on Monday. That'll be the majority of the show. I'll spend a little chunk of the show talking about the Clippers matchup. We haven't seen LA in a few weeks here. So uh, it'll be that's what we'll do Monday. Tuesday will be the postgame pod for Monday. They play again Tuesday night, so we'll have a postgame pod Wednesday. Packed week. We'll also talk about the buyout market at some point. That may be something we cover Monday as well. Um, the Wolves have some time to sign somebody, but if Jaden McDaniels is truly dinged up, if McLaughlin still, you know, um, he had the hip pointer, so he sat out this game. Monte Morris still isn't in a uniform yet. There's a chance to add somebody sooner rather than later, but my guess is they're going to take a little bit of time here, see how things shake out on the buyout market. But we'll talk about that a little bit next week too. All right, a big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Locked on T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. You can also now find it on Amazon Fire TV, just like you could find the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Lockdown Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. The Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.